You are listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast, the weekly podcast with Alexander Schacht, Benjamin Pieske and Sam Gartner, designed to help you reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. Today we are talking about five steps to teaching. Teaching is really, really important for us as statisticians because we need to explain stats, data, things around that all the time to either our colleagues within statistics or outside of statistics. And so there we need to explain, teach. And today we want to talk about five steps that will help you to teach this type of content, but also any other type of content. I'm producing this podcast in association with PSI, a community dedicated to leading and promoting the use of statistics within the healthcare industry for the benefit of patients. Join PSI today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to the video-on-demand content library, free registration to all PSI webinars, and much, much more. Head over to the PSI website to learn more about PSI activities and become a PSI member today. Welcome to another episode again with Sam. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. I am excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today because it speaks to near and dear to the things I love to do yeah. uh, in my work and life. So, Yeah, teaching. Teaching is actually very, very important for statisticians. What are your teaching experiences? Well, formally as a teacher, you know, I taught statistics at the Air Force Institute of Technology, which is the United States Air Force Graduate School that's located in Ohio, the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Ohio. So that's a fully accredited uh, graduate school for scientists, engineers, and management and logistics. And so I taught there for three years. And so I was, you know, in academia for those three years. And so I've done that before. And then informally, or I guess less formally, I've done a lot of teaching and training uh, to people that I work with on statistical methods, statistical thinking, and um, and even other things like communication and problem solving. So. Yeah, yeah. I have been teaching for all of my career as well. I have mm -hmm. taught mathematics at university. I taught statistics to medical students, and during my career within pharma, I also did lots of trainings on all kinds of different statistics. And today we are talking about five steps to teaching. I read this article and I thought that really resonates with me because whenever I failed on any of these five points, it wasn't really an effective teaching practice. So The first point that you can start with is the hook. If you hear the hook, what do you associate with that? Uh, fishing. Yes. <laughs> yes, fishing. You know, there's nothing more exciting when you're out there with cast your line out into the water and you've got some bait on a hook and the fish grabs for it, right? And yeah. it's on the line. And having a hook, maybe you don't want to hook people in the mouth, right? But you want to have something that draws people in. And I think that's what the hook is. Yeah. You need to have something that 
makes people excited, something that makes people curious, something that, you know, people really want to learn about. Yeah. So <laughs> it can already start with the headline of your uh, training. Yeah. So if your headline is statistics 101, not sure whether that's a great hook. <laughs> no. What's the opposite of a hook? Yeah. That would be the opposite of a hook. Yeah. It yeah. would drive people away probably. Yeah. Something more along the line of, would you like to know how to solve problems very fast and very well or something like that? You know, that, that would be something that could draw people in because everyone's got problems yeah. and they want to solve them. Yeah. Or something like, um, as a physician, would you finally understand what makes a good paper and what's not? Yeah. Because, you know, there is this, this, as a physician, directly talks to that's for me or that's not for me. Yeah. So if you can directly address your target audience, that's a great way. I've taught lots of statistics uh, to physicians and uh, medical science liaisons uh, or people like that. And it really needs to be specific for a certain audience. If it's too generic, yeah, it's the same as with a fishing hook. Yeah. You need a spe specific hook for a specific species, not everything right. works for everybody. Yeah. And sometimes the hook can be like you stated, the way you stated it, like a question. Do you want to do something? Would you like to be better? Yeah. It has that type of flavor to it. Sometimes the hook is learn how to do blank, you know, learn yeah. how to give a better presentation yeah, or something like that. But, but again, it has to be something that it's directed. It tells you people what to expect when they come, yeah. you know, so they, so they know what they're coming to and that also it can draw them in. Yeah, I think it's really important to speak about the transformation. Yeah, so what is the benefit that they will get from it? What will be the change for them afterwards? What kind of pain goes away? What, you know, increase they get? Actually, talking to pain is actually quite impactful. It's even more impactful to talk about gain because relieving a pain is, you know, psychologically more important. Mm -hmm. Or another thing is avoiding a loss is also really, really important. Don't miss out on the next opportunity to become promoted. Right. Things like that. Yeah. yeah I, that things like that. And I, I listened to the, the same talk, the same presentation you did and the, the presenter, Stu McLaren, he even suggested that a good hook is a great opening sentence for your talk. Yeah. Matter of fact, you should think about what would be the opening line you would want to say in the presentation that draws people in at the presentation. And that's your hook that you would use to advertise it. So, you know, you don't start the, you don't start your presentation with, hello, my name is Sam Gardner and I am here today to talk about statistics. Yeah. You know, that's not, that's not what, that's not a hook. Here's a problem that has to be solved. Just real quick, like you've got to 
get product out the door and there's a product result that's out of specification, what do, what do you do in that situation? Well, I'm going to tell you, you know, something like that. And that's the hook. By the way, it's also for a presentation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very, very similar. Uh, you can do the introduction of yourself later. If you look into very, very good presenters, either they don't introduce them at themselves at all because someone else did that already, or they do it later in the presentation. <laughs> then the next point, step number two, is tell a story. Why do you think telling a story is so important at that point? I think the best thing about stories is that it engages the heart and the emotions. Yes. Right. So if you can tell a a story that opens up people's emotions in relation to what you're talking about, it's going to do two things. One, it's going to keep them engaged and listening Mm because they're anticipating hearing something and it's, it gives them a feeling, not just knowledge, but a feeling. But the second thing is if you can engage the emotion, I think there's been a lot of studies that show out there, that you remember what you hear better in, a, in when you engage the emotions as yeah. well. So, uh, so it's a, it's a good way. It's, I've heard I'll, you know, some people, another type of story or, but I've heard people call it is to use parables, you yeah. know, and a parable is just an emotional word story or an emotional word picture. You draw a picture with words that has emotions associated with it. Yeah. Yeah. You can even, basically make up a story. You can start with a sentence like, imagine you are the answer and that is happening to you. Yeah. And now something else is doing and you get, you know, this climax in there and you get a, you know, maybe a turn and another turn. And so you can really, you know, build the, the thrill in it. I find I do that a lot with my children. <laughs> I, and I always have when they come to me with a problem or dealing with an issue. And, you know, like I think recently my, one of my daughters was struggling with just being overloaded with her university coursework. She had so many projects to do and she was really feeling down about it and not feeling good about herself. And I just kind of, what I did is I didn't, I didn't come back with, well, you need to, you know, organize your time and, prioritize and have a schedule and make sure you get enough sleep. I said, well, let me tell you, I just told them about my experience when I was in college and how I learned how to manage my time in college. And, but, but, you know, told it in a way like, you know, my first two weeks in college didn't go so well. (laughs) (laughs) I failed my first two exams in college. That was not a good, it was not a good week, two weeks for me. And I learned a lot from that. And, uh, and, and, you know, they heard that and they're like, Oh dad, you failed a test in college. (laughs) You know, that, they, they couldn't believe that. And then the second thing was, well, you know, so my dad got through it. So maybe I can get through it too. Yeah. Yeah. So step number three, now we get into the meat of it. Yeah. Now all your teaching points come mm-hmm. because now you have laid the foundation. People are, you know, really listening. They're engaged. They're emotionally engaged. And now you can tell you what you want to tell you can explain different concepts and things like that. Right. right. And how many teaching points do you think you need or how many points should you cover? I think that depends on the length of the training. If you can boil it down to three points, it's usually a good guidance. Yeah. Why is that? Is it 
just because it's easier with three points or is it's, it? There's something magical about this number three. It's just very, very easy to remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Most acronyms are three letter acronyms and not four and not two. Yeah. It's right. three letter acronyms. Yeah. Actually, three letter acronym has an acronym TLA. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's true. I, I think it depends again on the, when the audience and what you're discussing. If it's a general presentation, maybe it's not teaching a class, but you're just giving an information session, or you're trying to motivate people, to giving a proposal for doing something different. The probably fewer points is better. If it's a more of an in, more in depth, then maybe you can have more teaching points um, as part yeah. of the, the teaching. You plan. can have you know sub bullets, so to say. Yeah, you can again, potentially have this categorization of three, yeah? So you speak about point A and give an example one, two, three, and then you talk about point B and you give, you know, three lessons about that and so on. That way also kind of you can very easily remember that. Yeah. And also you can embed three points very easily in your initial story. Yeah. So the, uh, and then you can refer back to the story and say, here, this is point A. That refers to this part in the story that I mentioned at the beginning. That way it becomes really a nice cohesive training. Right. So I'm thinking, you know, you got these first three points, you got the hook of the story and the teaching points, you know, and, and in, in one respect, what this is all doing is you're kind of telling people what you're going to tell them. Yeah. And then you tell them. And then step number four is you tell them what you told them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. You summarize. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, step four is, again, just reviewing everything and maybe also putting it together. Because sometimes when you get into the, the depth of the teaching, you, you get into details right? You get into specific details, but then you want to pull it all back together to give a bigger picture. You know, what, what were we thinking about in the beginning? What, would, what drew us to want to talk about this for me to want to teach you this? All of these things we learn let you, you know, solve this problem we talked about in the beginning. You know, yeah. that, that's a good way to bring it all together. Yeah. Yeah. And to summarize it at the end is something that I actually got as a feedback from one of my listeners early on. She told me, your podcast episodes are really great. They would be even better if you would have a summary at the end. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, what comes at the end is what people remember. So there's this psychological effect that things that are at the beginning and at the end, get mm -hmm. the most retention. Yeah, and a bad ending, people will remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, will yeah. remember. And, and a lot of things, a bad end to a sporting event. Yeah. A, a bad end to a musical piece. Or a movie. A yeah. Or a movie, or a bad end to a, Interview. a presentation. <laughs> Interview. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, the first impression is important. Mm -hmm. The last impression is even more important because, you know, it's the first impression you can correct, but the last impression you can't. Right. And then see step number five, call to action. Always have a call to action. 
Yeah. And this is the one thing I think I do the least and I always have a hard time with. I think sometimes why I think it's hard for me to do that is I thought, well, I just told them everything they need to know. Now they just know what to do, right? Yeah. That, I, that I don't need to tell them what to do. I gave them all the information. They just need to go do it. Yeah. But there's always something like read this paper further. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go home and review your notes. Yeah. Or maybe you have learned something. Try it out tomorrow. Yeah. Practice it. Yeah. Reflect with your supervisor about it. There mm -hmm. can be lots of different call to actions. Yeah. Yeah. And like in a traditional teaching standpoint, the call to action is usually do some homework. <laughs> yes. You know? um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, but there's nothing wrong with giving homework if you're just giving a, a talk on, you know, how to improve your communication skills or you're making a, even a proposal, right? You can, the call to action is, would you please follow up with, you know, maybe ask specifically assign, you know, having specific assignments and follow-up actions in, the, in those types of cases where you're in more of a, a problem solving or a project meeting. But if it's teaching, it's usually more like do homework, practice, try what you've learned or take what you've learned and teach it to someone else. That's another good call to action is share this with someone else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, also if you look into my podcast episodes, there's always calls to action at the end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Look for the show notes, share it with a friend. Yeah. Things like that. That's important because in the end, which is, It's kind of crazy, but people love to be told what is the next step. Yeah, because, you know, otherwise they're kind of left there and then so what? And so this call to action is quite helpful and very, very powerful. If you look into any kind of marketing course whatsoever, there's always a call to action. Yeah. And lots of times, you know, you, when you see electronic media, there's always something like click here to get more info or yeah. click here to, you know, sign up for this follow on information, whatever it, it keeps the connection there too. I think if the call to action also, you can be, can have it connected to you. So if you're the presenter, you're the teacher and that call to action is, I want you to do something and I want you to tell me what you did, or I want you to, I, you know, if it's homework, you do the homework and turn in the assignment, I'm going to grade it. But regardless, it's, it's getting them to be somewhat accountable to, to following up. And, you know, in situations where you're not the formal teacher, that's up to the individual to do that. But if you're in a more of a formal teaching role, you say, hey, you know, you need to do this work and get back to me on it so we can see how what you learned. And if And that, that way you learn if, if you taught effectively and they, they can also see how well they learn the material. So, yeah. By the way, that's an important point. Teaching is really great because that way you really deeply understand things. There's mm -hmm. a lot of benefit in teaching. So as this is also about teaching, you can guess what is now happening. I'm summarizing. <laughs> We talked about the hook as a first step to get people engaged, tell a story is the second step to, you know, get more emotion, to paint a picture, to understand the problem. Then the teaching points, 
that's where you know the meat is then summarize it like i'm doing now and then the call to action as a last step so head over to theeffectivestatistician.com to find the show notes and share it with your colleagues show was created in association with PSI. Thanks to Rain who helps with the show in the background and thank you for listening. Head over to theeffectivestatistician.com to find the five steps about teaching and much more content to become more influential in your job environment. Reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients. Just be an effective statistician.